I'm Dean Jackson. He's Joe Polish. And this is the I Love Marketing Podcast. It's Dean Jackson. Welcome to the I Love Marketing Podcast. No Joe Polish today, but we have an incredible guest with us this week. If you've been watching, we've been talking about Hotel Impossible on the Travel Channel. And this week, our guest is Anthony Melcori, who is the host of Hotel Impossible. And we're going to talk all about client experience architecture. And we're going to talk about some of the things that he's learned in the hotel business that apply to any business. We had a great conversation and I think you're really going to enjoy this show. So here we go. Anthony, where in the world are you today? I am driving to a meeting. I'm actually going to a breakfast meeting with the president of the travel channel, Lauren Ung. Oh, that's awesome. So are you in New York then? Is that I'm in New York. I just, I just, I just got back from our last uh, show. We have 13 shows to do. We just finished our last show. Oh, that's great! So you're home for a while. Uh, hopefully, we'll get a second season. Yeah, that's it. Have you? When will you find out? Um, we'll know. We'll know soon. That's great. It's been such a great show. I've been a fan right from the very beginning. We've been talking about it actually a lot on on I Love Marketing. We've been talking about you since the uh, since the very beginning. So I read about you the day that your show premiered, and uh, I reached out to you right away because I knew that you were someone who had a point of view and an approach that really kind of resonated with what we talked about at I Love Marketing. I mean, I've seen every episode of the show, and I've been describing you as my favorite customer experience architect because it seems like that's a big part of what you do when you go into a uh, when you go into a hotel. Well, yes. Did you see last night's episode in Nashville? I haven't yet. I'm in Toronto right now. It's not on. Uh, we don't get the uh, travel channel. So I've been downloading them on iTunes, and I just saw that it uh, showed up on iTunes. So I've, I've seen every episode up until then. The last one I saw was the one from uh, Branson. Okay, great. So um, why don't you get travel channel? I'm not sure why our cable uh, provider up here doesn't. Uh, doesn't well, we got to fi- we we got to fix that, don't we? Um, well, you know, you, you, you called me a customer service architect, the a guest service architect, I should say. The last thing I think about is the guest because it's the only reason I do what I do is the guest. So I concentrate on the details. I focus on the ownership. I focus on the bedding. I focus on the carpet. I focus on the feeling, the smell, the, the greeting, um, I, I focus on everything. Last thing I focus on is the guest because if I focus on everything, the guest is going to have an incredible experience. If I just, for, the first thing I think about is the guest and the, and the first thing I look at is the guest. It's like, what would the guest want? What would the guest want? What I say is, what is the right thing for this hotel? What is the right thing for the employee? What is the right thing for us? How do we make money? How do we do what we do? And then make it an incredible guest experience. So what, what has happened so many times is I go in and I go, well, the guest likes this. Well, yeah, the guest likes that. But if you do that, you're going to go out of business. Yes, the guest likes that, but somebody's got to work overtime to provide that. Yes, we want to do that. We want to change the furniture. Um, that's absolutely the guest would love new furniture. But then we're not going to have any money to put uniforms on the, on the employee and the guest, the first thing they see is the employee. I just had that conversation not 24 hours ago with an owner. So, so we, as business people, whether you're marketing, sales, hotels, restaurants, doctor's office, focus on what you do well and then tell everybody how well you do it. And then the guests will have a positive experience. You know, it's kind of interesting because, you know, you're, that's an, um, a really kind of important distinction 
in terms of you know focusing on the on the guest experience within the framework of what you are, what you can actually provide. And there's there is totally a difference between you know being a three star hotel and being a five star hotel and and accepting and knowing that and working within the framework of what you really do. Right. I, I had an owner um, ask me, should I provide free culinary breakfast? My competition doing. I said, hundred percent. I said, but just not now. And they're like, why? I said, you have an engineering department. Let's start with your engineering department, then we'll work our way up to breakfast. So we all want to be, we, you know, keep it up with the Joneses. We all want to keep up with the Joneses. Um, I focus on the basics, and then once I get to the basics, then I will annihilate my competition. But if I can't deal with the basics, you know, if you're playing baseball. You're playing Yankee Stadium. You're the greatest center field in the world, and you're batting 400. But you don't have a uniform on, a Yankee uniform on. They won't let you play. Right. You know, you got to put the uniform on, man. And that's that's kind of what I'm, what, what what I find when people want to get to the next level. You haven't got you haven't gotten allowed to play the game yet. You haven't been able to play the game yet. You already, you know, you want you want to take the field against your competition. Um, so, and plus, we owe it to our employees to give them the basics. You know, you see the show. I mean, there's there, there's not a lot that I do that is is um, is taking what I've learned from a um, uh, business perspective mm-hmm. and really applying it. What, what 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 I've learned, I learned in kindergarten. Kindergarten, show up on time, look people in the eye, keep it clean, pay attention and be the best person you can be every day. I get past that, and then I can show you, you know, everything that's in my toolkit. And that's kind of what I'm having a little frustration about, is that we can't even get to first base, and we're trying to hit a home run. Right. And that's interesting, isn't it? Because so many times people want to, I imagine it's the same with hotel owners, they just think, well, if you could just do some magic marketing and get our occupancy rates up, everything would be fine. And you're saying... Well, that... that it's got well, that, that's exactly what happened. I just went into, I won't tell you what show, but I just went in, I just finished the show and literally this was the conversation. So Mr. Smith, what's your, what's your biggest problem? Marketing. I said, really, here's the star report. You're 78%. Your competition's 56%. You have no problem with marketing. Everybody knows you're here. Okay. Your rate is, $40 lower than your competition. Okay? $40 lower than your competition. So is it a marketing or is it a business 101 set your rates appropriately to your demand and to your location? What is it? It has nothing to do with marketing. Okay, and then why is your rate $40 lower than everybody? It's because your hotel is abysmal. It is terrible. And it, it's not clean. It's not being run well. Uh, you're losing focus. You're concentrating on things you shouldn't be concentrating on. So is it marketing? No, it's not marketing. Now, once I give you back your hotel and we did some amazing stuff, you're going to do what? They, he said, well, I'm going to market. I said, yeah, but what are you going to do first? Mm-hmm. I take pictures 20 times until he kept on repeating it to me. And then once you do pictures, then you're going to start marketing. Right. So that's, you know, again, am I that smart? Am I smarter than the next guy to be able to figure that out? No. It's just that we get lost, you know, in trying to be, you know, we want to be, we want to win the championship without putting in the work. You know, when we look at, uh, whether it be LeBron James or Derek Jeter or whoever we look at as, as our heroes, we don't see the work. You know, when's the last time you saw Derek Jeter, you know, Get up in the morning at five o'clock and hit the treadmill and be in, be in, be in the, at the field two hours before everybody else. You don't see that, you know, and that's in a hotel yeah. business. That you, that's what you got to do. You got to get in the gym before everybody else. I got you. That's something. You know, and it's um, sometimes it's amazing to me that sometimes people, and I imagine it's for all business owners, but I've noticed it so uh, in every episode of your show. One of the things that you do immediately is you just you do the approach to the hotel and immediately there's no attention to 
the details on the way up. I mean, I remember right, right from the very first episode when we were out in Long Island and you were, you know, going into that beautiful resort. They had a beautiful view, but then you drive up and, uh, you know, and the paint is chipping. There's nobody out front. It's unclear where to go. And, and uh, so you're really just kind of experiencing it from through the eyes of a guest, of somebody coming up there. And so, you know, yeah, yeah. it's so easy for a business owner to, to do that, but often we get so caught up in the, in the day to day looking from the inside out instead of looking from the outside in. Because what you're doing is you're marketing it as a world class resort. You're marketing it as, oh, look at these views. You're, but you're forgetting what's important. And what's important is the details. Because the first time, like, that's the first thing guests see is, like right now, I'm driving to a meeting with the president of the Travel Do you have any idea what I'm wearing? What do you think I look like right now? Well, I bet right now that you have a, a nice suit on with a tie, freshly shaved head, sparkly smile. It's exactly what I look like. Why? <laughs> because that is because that is exactly the image. That's that's who I am. That's yeah. that's what people expect. If I showed up today less than that. People will then say, let me move on to somebody else that talks about marketing. Let me move on to somebody else that talks about the hotels. Let me move on to somebody else because this guy can't get his own, you know, house in order. He can't wear a tie. He can't wear a suit. He's going to see the president of travel job. She's going to look me in the face and go, Anthony, you know, she's not going to say anything, but she's going to say, oh, I thought he was sharper than that. I go up to the Gurney's Inn or I go up to, um, the, um, uh, Corpus Christi. Gurney's Inn is a great hotel. It really is, they, 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 and they really repositioned it. But the um, you know you go into other hotels that maybe not uh, getting it, and you see the um, front office where you see the, the peeling paint, and you're like, what's going on? You know, this is not what this is a bait and switch. It's not what I saw. Well, the views are still there, so you're like, okay, this is a beautiful view. Wow, my room looks right over the ocean. So, all right, I'm going to accept it. I'm going to accept mediocrity. And that's what we have done as a culture, not only in hotel business, but, you know, um, this morning um, or yesterday when you were out and about in your day, I guarantee you, if you think about all the experiences you had, you experienced service that was less than. I was on JetBlue last night, okay? And I typically don't call out um, uh, a provider, but I'm going to call them out because I was on JetBlue last night uh, and the gentleman literally, about six foot three, he was, just, he was one of the stewards and he literally threw my peanuts at me. Didn't say hello, goodbye, or thank you, or you're welcome. The entire three hour flight. Wow. And I said to myself, I am going to avoid JetBlue at all costs from now on if I can, because that just pissed me off. All you had to do was say hello or yeah. smile and say, how can I help you? And I, 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 I'm, I'm furious. It's like, what does it yeah. take to do that? So, so, and I've been flying JetBlue for, you know, since the day they were born. And uh, I flew 103 flights one year on JetBlue. And wow. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to avoid JetBlue. I guess. Wow. You know, we did an episode all about customer or client experiences like that. And it was, uh, you know, just that. We went through a day. And, and talk about the great experiences and the, and the less than great experience. I mean, you're surrounded by it all the time. As a matter of fact, the day that I, um, reached out to you, the day I read about you in the, uh, in the New York Post was I was in Times Square. I was at the Marriott Marquis and right across from there, there's a, um, a restaurant. I think it's called Junior's, uh, Deli. Yes, Junior's. Uh huh. Is it Junior's? Uh-huh. Well, I'll tell you, Anthony, that was the bar none, the single best single diner experience that I've ever had. I walked in, they recognized immediately that I was by myself. There were people in the in the lobby there waiting for tables and the lady looked right at me and said, is, if it's uh, if you'd like to eat at the at the bar, you're more than welcome. So I just walked right up there. They greeted me right away, took my order and when, when my order was going, she said, would you like a newspaper to read? She gave me the newspaper that I read about you. And then they brought my food. And along with my food, they brought me the, the bill right there in a, in a, it was just like a, a perfect experience. And it doesn't take a lot to, um, you know, really execute on something like that, but it takes just the vision 
somebody had to have, you know, the leadership and the, the vision for that to actually happen because I've gone through and that same thing happens uh, each time I go there. So it's not just, you know, a serendipity that I had a great experience. Somebody has architected that experience for me. Well, well there's, there's three things that are going on. One, they don't have to be nice to you there because that restaurant is literally the epicenter of Times Square. And they they could literally throw the food at you, and they will still make a lot of money because the location is just it's 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 one of the greatest locations in in the country. And every time I go in there, I have the same experience you do. Matter of fact, I didn't want to go because of the Times Square tourist trap. So I was like, you know what? I told my wife and my kids they wanted to go when we were in Times Square. I was like, you know what? I don't want to go. It's you know, Junior's was born there, famous for cheesecake on Flatbush Avenue, their first locations on Flatbush Avenue in Brooklyn. And Junior's, if you're from Brooklyn and you grew up in Brooklyn, you know Junior's Cheesecake as well as you know your first name. And when they did an outpost in Times Square, I was like, uh, this is going to be ridiculous. And it was so good. I go back every chance I can. Matter of fact, I may actually go there today because I'm going to be in the area. And it, it, it's just a great experience. And, and number two, the reason that's a great experience is because you're right. There's an architect that says this is important. Customer service is important. But most important is I'm not that smart of an architect, but their parents, if they did a good job, you know, raise these people correctly, whether they're 20 years old or 80 years old, and they're going to be appropriate and, 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 and look me in the eye, shake my hand and be nice to me and anticipate, anticipate, anticipate my needs three times you're going to say because it's important they anticipate <laughs> you're going to need a newspaper they anticipate you were in the restaurant they gave you the check and that's what we don't do but their parents taught them that i am a true believer in spending time interviewing eric long at the world office story spends all his time interviewing and exit interviewing people because that's where he has 1200 employees and that's where he spends his time because that's why he runs a great hotel mm. give you an example we just did a show and they need a front desk agent um, for many reasons. And um, I don't know what I'm going to do when I get down there. I have no idea what I'm going to do. So I get down there and I say, okay, we need a front desk agent. So I tell one of the producers, put it, put it there in the paper. Or put it on, on, on the internet, we need, we need a front desk agent. And they're like, well, we can't do that, but we don't have time. I said, please do it. They do it. They go through 200, 300 resumes, all horrible. They get two. First guy that comes up to me, I was like, oh, my God, this guy's not going to work out. Great guy, but, you know, just just completely not the right person. Second person, no hotel experience, have no idea why my producer would call this person in. Had Well, I do because I always tell them I don't always need experience. But she worked in, uh, in a Chinese restaurant. She was a busser. She was a waitress. Never, ever worked in a hotel. You can tell she was a young girl because she just had uh, – she's still in college, a young lady. And she sits, down, she sits down, she poised, she looked me in the eye, she shook my hand, she got the job. Done. Mm. She has no hotel experience. And not only was she done, the owner looked at me and said, she can really help me. She is really talented. That's it. That's it. Now, I could have hired 20 other people, okay, and they, I would have never been able to train them because the second I train them, the wheels fall off as soon as I turn away. This young lady, I tell her, can you please hold, you know, when you, when you hand a, a, a guest a pen, please don't put it on the desk, hand it to them in their hand. I tell her that once, it's done. Okay? But I can't tell her how to smile. I can't tell her how to anticipate. You know, people say, well, you can teach how to anticipate. No, you can't. You can't. I don't care what anybody says. You can't. You either got it or you, you, or you don't got it. You yeah, can't teach somebody to say, hey, do you need a newspaper? Because what you do is you can teach that person you need a newspaper, but all of a sudden that person's got four people with them. They're busy. You can see they're very busy, and that person comes up right in the middle of the conversation, you need a newspaper? <laughs> no, I don't need a newspaper. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay? I'm talking to somebody, right. Yeah. You know, I, I, you, that, I, I've seen that so many times. No, no, I don't need a newspaper. Thank you very much. You know, it goes back to this. I was, I was listening. I was tra training some staff earlier on my career, and Doubletree does, you know, the cookies. And the, I was listening, we were listening to the tape of this uh, speaker, and he was telling me about, we're telling uh, on the tape about his experience at the Doubletree in the hotel, but 
uh, his key didn't work. And it's happened to all of us. So it's four or five, six times back to the desk in the middle of the night. And finally, he's just frustrated. And the, the, the agent senses his frustration. And the agent looks at him and pulls a cookie from behind us. Would you like a cookie? He goes, no, I just want my effing key. <laughs> right, right, exactly. So you, I can, you know, you can't, so, so to me, either you got it or you don't got it. And, and so I'm going to give you a great uniform, a great place to work. I'm going to motivate you. I'm going to hug you. I'm going to kiss you. I'm going to give you anything you need. I'm going to thank you every single day. I'm going to do everything I can for you. And you're going to have to figure it out because I'm not there. I'm going to give you the tools. But if you don't have a half a brain and you can't anticipate, there's nothing I can do because we've all tried. We've all tried to, we've all cried. We've all, we've all begged employees you know, why can't you do this? We, you know, you're a great person. Why can't you do this? And if they don't have it, they don't have it. You know, I can't dunk a basketball. Just can't do it. Mm. You know, unless you give me a ladder, I can't dunk a basketball. Right. Exactly. So, you know, you know, you, you, we, we, we got to work with. So when you say marketing, when you say, I love marketing, when you talk about marketing, marketing is toilet paper. Marketing is a clean toilet bowl. Marketing is a haircut on the, on the guest, on employee. Marketing is a bed. Marketing isn't just a picture on the internet on top of Google. Okay, marketing starts with the color socks you wear, with the with the with the with the suit that you wear in the morning, because everything is important. I I, I once heard someone tell me everybody's a boss watcher. I never forgot that as long as I live. It's the only thing I learned from this channel because everything else he did was terrible. But but he said everybody's a boss watcher. And he was right because I watched him and I watched him do everything the wrong way, but I was watching him and. Um, everybody's when you so everybody's a, a employee watch. Everybody when you walk into a hotel, everybody's watching everything. Yeah, yeah, that's you know it's funny because we we've been when we talked about the you know the core element things we were talking about how the Westin Hotel has really you know in I've stayed at a few different Westins and noticed that their you know their focus has been on on the bed, the heavenly bed, creating that great sleep experience. And I know, you know, the, the dual shower heads with the curved uh, rod and, you know, so focusing on, you know, the, the core experience, the bed is great. The shower is great. It's, it's, uh, you know, those kind of things don't really, it's not about, you know, spending a lot of money to make those kind of things happen. It's really about, you know, really focusing on what's really important, it seems like. It's paying attention and getting away from yourself and really understanding what the, what the guest wants and anticipates. And, you know, I, I was the asset manager. I was this uh, first vice president of asset manager for Tishman, and I was fortunate enough to be the asset manager over the Western Hotel in Times Square. And, um, you know, the double shower head was great. Uh, but the funny thing about that is once everybody's talking about, you know, conservation, they go, wow, that's that, that that pours out double the amount of water. So now they went back and refocused re, 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 re on, okay, what do we do with the shower heads? Because we're wasting a lot of water and we're spending a lot of money. But, but, um, but you know, they, they really try to anticipate the guest needs and really try to elevate the experience. You know, the bed, same way, you know, it's like the bed stupid. They were the first person to come out with this great bed and everybody, whether it be a two-star hotel, five-star hotel, have the bed. And one of the things that they did phenomenally well is I'm sitting Sunday morning about, I don't know, Seven years ago, I'm reading the New York Times as I often do as my wife's reading the Daily News. And all of a sudden, I read an article about the Western smell, about their scent. And I was like, wow, a hotel has a scent? That's amazing. That's the first time I read about that. And out of the papers, and out of the paper fell the, the, the sample scent. It was probably an, an, an advertorial. And I, I never forgot it. And I was like, wow. And it immediately, you know, just made me want to stay there. This was before I worked there. And then I was actually at the Nickelodeon Hotel at the time. I was the vice president um, traveling back and forth to Nickelodeon. In that's Orlando, why I did 103 yeah. flights. That, that's the reason I did 103 flights in JetBlue that year. And um, I mean, so, so as soon as I got that, I found out who they, um, who they used to develop the scent. I, I found the person. She came to my office. Uh, in Orlando, and there was a scent of popcorn in the theater uh, uh, within a week. There was a scent of chocolate in my office because I love chocolate. There was a scent of, uh, I can't remember, at the pool what we did, but there was like five or six scents as you walked around the property. And it really ties you to 
the, the brand. I mean, the Western smells in my bathroom, in my home, because that I love that smell, and and, and love that scent. You know, when you when you think of your childhood, there's a smell or scent whether you went to the camp, yeah. whether you, your school, there's a scent you have. So that's just another way, you know, the senses, you know, the, the senses tie you into into that experience. So Weston does it well. And I was very fortunate to meet the people that came up with those um, concepts. And they're very, you know, how would you think those people show up when you're in a meeting? You know, there's this young lady who's the creative marketer, and she showed up exactly the way I thought a creative marketer should show up. She was, she was well-dressed, uh, but she was a little funky. Uh, hold on one second. I'm sorry about that. No problem. And so, so they showed up, you know, the way I expected them to show up. And, uh, you know, and that's all, that's marketing. When I did the $10,000 martini at, at the, at the, um, Algonquin, Carla, um, Cagavalli, uh, who, is, uh, now runs Carla Cagavalli PR agency, right. uh, helped me come up with that idea and then repositioned the Algonquin. Um, whether I did the I round, I, I did a, go ahead, I'm sorry. I was going to know. I wanted to ask you about the Algonquin because I know that's been one of your, uh, you know, one of your crowning achievements, kind of thing. Turning around the the Algonquin, I, I understand you shut it down when you first moved in for a month. What was what was your thought process and the approach going forward? Did they know that that was what you were going to recommend, or did you show up and say, "Okay, guys, here's what we need to do. We're going to shut it down for a month." Well, that's your, I, you know, that's your first person to ask me that question in a very long time, and I'm really glad you asked it. So I, I'm going to answer. Before I answer, I'm going to tell you, when I shut it down after it was approved to shut down, Mike Lyons, who was um, the um, uh, bell captain for 40 years, he just retired two years ago, uh, came over to me after we shut down and put his arm around me. And I said, you heard? We're shutting it down. He said, World War II couldn't shut it down. He said, World Trade Center couldn't shut it down. A recession, uh, 9-11 couldn't shut it down. A recession couldn't shut it down. Anthony Mercury shut down the Algonquin. <laughs> and he looks at me, then he looks at me and he goes, I hope you get it back open. And he walked oh, away. Man. And, he, and he scared the living daylights out of me. And wow. the greatest thing he did was scare me, scare me because for 28 right. days. All yeah, I did exactly. So, so what happened was uh, Miller Global, the greatest ownership group of hotels in the country, uh, uh, was going to renovate it. We have two hotel, we have two elevators, you know, and you can tie this into marketing. We have two elevators at the Algonquin, including the service elevator. So I talked to the employees and I said, look, we're thinking about renovating the hotel. Tell me about, you know, you've been here 30 years, 20 years, 40 years. Tell me about the experiences over the years of renovating. And every one is, every single one of them told me it was a nightmare and every single renovation always got extended and cost a lot of money because um, it just took longer. And the elevators were a problem because you have one elevator for the guest and one elevator for construction and one elevator for the employees of the hotel. And it was just a nightmare. And so if you, if you do it, you know, you just can't do it with two elevators because the construction team needs one. And then the other half of the hotel that's not being constructed needs it, and it just doesn't work. So I said, okay, so I'm just thinking about it, thinking about it, thinking about it. I'm in Home Depot parking lot in Brooklyn with my wife, and she's looking at me. She goes, Matt, I said, I, I'm thinking. And I call um, Kevin Englehart, who's the uh, go-to person at Miller Global. And I said, I want to shut down the building. And he goes, what building? I go to the Algonquin. He goes, you can't. And I went about an hour of why I have to. And he said, okay, put together cash flows. Put together three cash flows. One, closing the restaurants only. One, closing the hotel. One, closing uh, just parts of the hotel. I said, okay. So I spent probably two days, 48 hours doing cash flows. Miller Global, Dave Johnstone, Jimmy Miller, Mickey Miller flew in to New York and I did a presentation and I never showed them one of my present, one of my ideas was to shut down the building. Kevin and I decided not to do that. So as we're talking, they said, okay, let's do this one. And I said, yeah, that works. But if we have any cost, if we have any delays, this time it's going to cost like, Oh my God, what are we going to do? And I said, well, my third option is to shut down the building. 
and they all looked at me like I was out of my mind. It yeah. cost less money to shut down the building for 28 days than it did if we went into two two weeks of uh, of of, uh, of an extension to shut down the building. So that's how we did that. Isn't that amazing? And I've I've been. Uh, you know, a big observer of, of stuff like that. Are you familiar with Gamal Aziz, the uh, general manager of? He's the general manager of the uh, MGM in Las Vegas. You know what's so funny? I just had an conversation with the food and beverage director at the MGM uh, through email last night, but no, I'm not familiar with him. Well, so Gamal Aziz, when he who was at that uh, Bellagio, I think, and came over as the the general manager of the. Uh, of the MGM, and it was a big article. This was probably in 2006, and it's really stuck with me because the the guts and the you know the foresight that he had, this approach has really kind of um, stuck with me in everything that I did. But he 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 takes a really different approach to um, improving things. He looks at breaks down all the elements of the hotel. So he looked at the restaurants, the casinos, the guest rooms, the shows, and he looks at it from a perspective of what is the very best thing that we could do here. Like they had a, a nice restaurant that was doing a lot of um, uh, doing a lot of volume. I think it was doing about four million dollars a year in in revenue, and he knew that in Las Vegas, if they had a celebrity chef, a really high-end restaurant that they could be doing at least twice that amount. So he went into the, uh, you know, the, the board, I guess, and, and got permission to tear out the most successful restaurant in the hotel and bring in a, a, a celebrity chef. They created Knob Hill, and, and that restaurant now is doing 10 to $12 million a year. But, you know, he looks at all of these elements and his approach is, if we're not doing this, we're actually, we're losing $4 million a year because we've got this $4 million restaurant as opposed to this, um, you know, this celebrity restaurant. Same thing he did at the show. You know, they had a show called FX there. Right, right. The theater was doing $28 million a year tore out the theater, partnered with Cirque du Soleil, brought in a, a killer show, and they do over $100 million a year now. Yeah, and, and, and you know what? And, and, and that, is the way, that is the way to think. Um, mm-hmm. What happens is people that don't have the money think that way and then get themselves in all kinds of trouble because if I just have something better, I, could, you know, I can make more money and then they want to go out of business because they put all their money into the idea and they, they don't have time for that idea to pay off. So that's wonderful and that thinking is exactly the thing when I was at the Algonquin. I knew Miller Global um, could afford to shut it down for 28 days um, so because they, they had money. So so if I went into Vegas, I would think the same way he thinks. If he came into the Algonquin, he would think the same way I think because what we think about is how do we get the most money? How do we get the best experience? A hundred percent, that's the way you're supposed to think. The problem, this is a problem in, in only 20% of hotels in this country are um excuse me are um non-branded hotels so a guy who owns a non-branded hotel that's struggling goes to vegas sees all this glitz and glamour comes back to his hotel and screws it up because like oh i want to be that well you're not that man you're never going to be that so stop being that be who you are so like there's one hotel you saw like branch missouri it's like in the pool area we were playing bingo and i I was like Right, it was like bingo, man. That's I'm in Branch in Missouri. The kids are the kids are running around. The parents are running around all day. They come to the pool. You know, it's one of those great old games that are you know that 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 brings the family together that they can do together. So when she she said I'm going to do bingo at the at the at the pool, I was like that's kind of corny. I said to myself, I was like okay, bingo. It works for this kind of hotel. So so whether you're the Bellagio, whether you're the whether whether you're um, a hotel in Branch, Missouri. Be who you are. Bingo works there. You know, mm-hmm. Bingo works in Branch. And, you know, pulling out a $4 million restaurant, putting a $12 million restaurant works in Vegas. Putting the martini on the rocks at Algonquin works. You know, my brand uh, of, of, of managing these kind of hotels work. If I go to the Waldorf Astoria, you know, it still works, but I have to just change what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about Bingo. 
Okay, I'm talking about something else. And that, so, so don't try to slap stuff on that doesn't work. You know, the, the building has got to speak to you. Um, and when I was at the Algonquin, the building spoke to me. That's why Dorothy Park and the Roundtable, you know, I, I, all this history, no one was talking about this history. We started, we did an um, off-Broadway play of Dorothy Park and the Roundtable called Talk of the Town. People thought I was out of my mind. I brought a production uh, into the Oak Room every Sunday, Monday night of Talk of the Town. It ran for four years. I did a wow. radio show talk, called Talk of the Town. Uh, some of my guests were Kurt Vonnegut, Linda Ellaby, Joe, uh, Bill Bonanno, you know, the son of the Godfather, uh, you know, who was, was the, um, was the uh, person that was depicted in Godfather. His father, Joe Bonanno, was, you know, um, was the Godfather. So, so I had all these people at the table. That's what the Algonquin was back 100 years ago. Everybody just came in, no matter who you were, no matter you were a crime boss, no matter you were Kurt Vonnegut, no matter you lived in L&B, everybody just talked, man. We just talked. That's what we did. So that's what I did the Algonquin. A couple of weeks ago, I'm having lunch with Eric Long at the Waldorf, and, and I have to get this in because it was just, it just you talk about, you know, that guy made an impression on you at the $12 million restaurant. I'm talking to Eric just recently, and I start. What do you do to evaluate your performance? You've been doing this 17 years. What do you do to ensure you keep doing it? And so they bring in a company and they and do shopping. They shop at the hotel and make sure that the service is, is, is appropriate. Said, oh, okay, you know, everybody does that. They big hotels. And he said, yeah, but I do something different. He said, I have two marks. It's called A plus or F. That's it. A plus or F. <laughs> it's either it's either A plus or it's an F. It was like he punched me in the chest, knocked me off the off the chair. And wow. I was like, exactly. I, I get that immediately. That way, I mean, you get yeah. I, I was thinking the entire I never put it to words. And he said, My boy, let me tell you something. He said, Everybody when he gets me, everybody thought I was crazy. It was a fight, it was a uphill battle to evaluate on eight plus a plus by that or F. He said, but that's what it is. It's either the best or it is not the best. Mm. And it just blew me away. So if you have Branson, Missouri Hotel, if you have an MGM or you have the Algonquin, is it the best or is it not the best? Meaning, the Algonquin may not be the best in the world, but is it the best hotel that can be? Mm-hmm. You know, like, I'm wearing a nice tie. Is it the nicest suit, the nicest tie? Oh, it's kind of my best. It's kind of, I, I'm proud of this guy in this suit. I like, you know, it's the best mm-hmm. I to do. Period. It's my A plus. May not be somebody else's A plus. Be the best the hotel could be. A plus or F. So everything I evaluate, even on the crew now, they, they're all saying it. When we're doing something and I, we're in a scene and we're in the scene and they're like, is that an A plus or F? They go, that was an F. I said, so next time we got to do it better. A plus or F. We think like that as a culture. We think like that as, as, as a marketer. We think like that as a general manager. And you can't, you can't lose. You can't lose. Because that's profound. once you allow mediocrity to sink in, you know, there's a, um, I was talking to somebody, and they were talking about photography and betting and how you get the best shot. And if you go, and I want you to do this after the phone call, go to Staybridge Suites Times Square. The, the email or the URL is staytimesquare.com. Okay. I worked at that hotel. I was the vice president. I obsessed, obsessed over the pictures. My director of marketing, um, Patricia, who's now director of marketing over at uh, the Millennium, myself, a bed designer and a, and a photographer, obsessed over the details. If you tell me that bed, when you look at that bed at staytimesquare.com, isn't the best picture of a bed on the internet in New York City, I'll give you 10 bucks. We <laughs> obsessed over it. I, we did. It took us 24 hours to take six pictures. We obsessed over it because a million people a year are going to look at that picture. Right. Yeah. So, so it, that picture is an A+. Plus. Right. That is such a so, profound thought, you know, because what you're either – and, and I, it, it kind of ties back to what you're saying, like be who you are, but in the things that you are going to do – Make sure that you're doing them at an A plus level, and don't do things that you can't be an A plus at. Like when you when you contacted me, you said will you be on the show. I said yes. All of a sudden, my schedule got in the way, 
And I said, but I'll be on, I'll be on, I'll be on, I'll be on, I'll be on. And we kept on going back and forth and it's taken a while, but I'm on. And then at eight o'clock this morning, I was on and I said, I need another 20 minutes because I'm running late. And I said, give me 820, 820, I was on. Okay. I lived up to what I said I would do. Absolutely. That's what, that's what we want. You know, if I, if all of a sudden, you know, you got me when, when the show was just starting and I was busy in my own life and I was busy with my own business, but I didn't have now the demands of a show. In the last, you know, once the show aired and everybody saw the show and I've been, yeah, I'm going to be on today's show on Thursday, you know, so all of a sudden things like that are coming my way and you, you're doing all this preparation and you're doing a million things, but I gave my word. I'm not going back on my word. Even my PR person, Carla, I love her. She goes, are you sure you want to do this? It's like, you know, he doesn't have a tremendous audience and, you know, this is going to take some time. I said, of course I'm going to do this. I said, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do it again next year if he wants me to do it. Of course I'm going to do it. Why wouldn't I do it? You know, but when I do it, I want to make sure I give you, you know, what you want. I don't want to do it in 10 minutes when I'm, I don't have the time to do it. You know, so, so Eric Long really instilled that in me and, We've talked probably once or twice a year for the last 12 years. We always have lunch or, or drinks or, or dinner, and I always learn something. And I learn I'm not as good as I thought I was because I don't think everything is an A+. Plus. And it's got to be A+, plus or somebody's going to do better and I'm going to lose out to them. Hmm. I, yeah, I mean, that, that is so great. And Anthony, I really appreciate you you taking the time to to come on and, and share with us because it's uh, you know I think the stuff that you uh, advocate the things that you've shared even on this call are just tremendous value. I think every business owner you know is going to be um, really thrilled with all the things that we've been able to talk about. Well, my pleasure. If, if I could say one thing before we leave, do you mind if yeah, I say absolutely. one more thing? Yeah, I'd love to. Every business owner, whether you're in a hotel business or any other owner, look at it through your through your guest eyes. You know, when I was at the Plaza Hotel, and I was 1991, I think, and I was the front office manager, um, I remember we had a lot of complaints. And my boss spent most of his time just responding to complaints. This was before, you know, internet and email and, and TripAdvisor. And he would spend a lot of time just writing letters to guest. And I said to myself, wouldn't it be great if we prevented the friggin' problems? <laughs> wouldn't that be fantastic? You know, wouldn't it be <laughs> no, fantastic? If we just, because, because if I can prevent the problems, I don't have to do anything all day, but talk to my guests. And that's right. what I do. I don't really do that much all day except talk to my guests. So right. I saw it through the eyes of a child. When you go to the Plaza Hotel and that child pushes that revolving door and she read the Eloise books, or she saw the Home Alone 2 movie. Yeah. And she pushed that revolving door. She expects music. She expects, you know, gold confetti. And she expects Eloise to be jumping all over the building. Yeah, so yeah. When you, so, so when the child walks through the revolving doors, you know, I don't know they necessarily care about the most comfortable bed or if the you know, toilet bowl is clean. But they wanted to know where Eloise was, and that we didn't have a tour. With, they, there was books, and, and you know, Eloise was there. You know, lived the plaza. We didn't do that right. That stayed with me. And when Randy did that, I was like, of course, that makes sense. So every single time somebody puts their hand on your door to open up your door, that's potentially the first time they've ever done that. So that experience has got to be real. And if you're not passionate about making that first experience, the greatest experience, then you shouldn't be, you shouldn't be in business. I mean, you should do something, you should, you know, go behind the, the curtain and do something else. I am passionate. When you see the show last night of the Fiddler's Inn, you know, I wish you could take the 40 hours that we shoot and see all 40 hours because mm -hmm. we take 40 I, yeah. hours and it comes down to 42 minutes right. and you would see some of the great things that happen at the Fiddler's Inn and really, truly, how we rebranded the hotel. We rebranded it. You know, they're competing against the Marriott's and the Hilton's of the world, literally surrounding their hotel, and they forgot they were the Fiddler's Inn. You were the first hotel in Nashville. You were, of course, from the Grand Ole Opry. You got the best location. Dude, you're the Fiddler's Inn. <laughs> believe it. Do you believe it? Do you believe it? So, so that's what that was about. And 
you know, right. at the end when I when I left, one of the things that I implemented was if you can play the fiddle, you get ten percent off your room. So I asked right. one of the construction guys. There's a fiddle on the wall. We have two fiddles on the wall, and you can take them off the wall. And I said to the construction people, I said, hey, um, Chris Rogers Construction, I said, can any of you guys or girls play the fiddle? One guy, it was about six people tried to play. None of them can play. But on the show, you see the one guy that could play. He pulls yeah. the fiddle down, and this man had everybody slapping their knee. So the end shot of, of us leaving was us all listening to music and the fiddler's in while somebody was playing the fiddle. Oh, that's, that's what so you do good. with the fiddler's in, man. Yeah, right. So that's so brilliant. so that's you know, we don't we don't you know, it's not about the mint on your pill if the fiddler's in it. Can you play the fiddle? If you do you get ten percent off. And you know, that's what it's about. It's about being who you are. And you know, one of the greatest gift the Travel Channel gave me when I wrote the show and I brought it to them, you know, um Brian Leonard, who's the vice president, said when there's a camera and there's Anthony in the room, if that camera's off, I'm gonna I'm gonna kill somebody. He said, put the camera on and just let him be Anthony. And that's exactly, <laughs> you know, when when people say Anthony, you're always on this time crunch, and it seems like fabricated. That even my wife said it to me last night and pissed me off. We're sitting there watching the fiddlers in together, and she says, oh, you know, here it goes again. You know, the construction job's not gonna get done. We all know it's gonna get done. I said, really? I said, watch the next scene. So the next scene is me at two o'clock in the morning getting dressed, coming into the lobby, thinking, you know, having a panic attack that it's not going to get done. And I see 30 people working at 2 o'clock in the morning, and they're all Chris's family. And I'm like, what happened? He goes, you know, you scared me. You're right. I don't think they're going to get it done. So I got my family. Blanche, the designer, did not sleep for two days. I was going to say, I always think... I always feel sorry for poor Blanche every time I watch that. Yeah, well, you know, I don't feel sorry for poor Blanche because poor Blanche got more, more more balls than both both me and you together. She's the <laughs> toughest. She's the she, she's the toughest person, so she can stand up for herself. She's a great designer, but you know, she's a great designer. But she's yeah, tough. Yeah. She's tough. She, she's tough. But the um, but but poor Blanche, like you say, she didn't sleep for two days, and Chris Rogers didn't sleep for three days. He started to smell. I was like, dude, you stink. <laughs> it's like so 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 I'm having a panic attack. I'm about to throw up every show and people say, Oh well we know it's gonna get done. I said, Congratulations, because you know something I don't know. You know, we just did a show in Daytona, uh, it rained for four days and we painted the outside of the building and it rained for four days and we were only there for four days. Oh no. And it's and it's literally I mean it was we it washed us out. It destroyed our paint job. You know, oh, no. so now you'll yeah. see on this show whether we got it. You know, and if, and if, it, and if it rained for four days and you're painting outside and your paint job's ruined on the last day and the building's on three acres, I'll let you think if it got done or not. Sometimes stuff doesn't get done. There's nothing I can right. do about it. Yeah, so yeah. If, you, if you ever ask me a question that pisses me off the most is when people say, well, you know you're going to get it done, so why do you do it? Why do you have that time frame when we all know it's going to get done? Because the only people that know it's going to get done is the audience, because I have no idea it's going to get done. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you always pull it off, which is cool. There's been there's been a lot of tension for that reason. I mean, between me and the director mm -hmm. of Blanche, behind the scenes, it's crazy. People may start nuts. to smell, but yeah. You know, I just thought of something. Maybe you should have the scent of Hotel Impossible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, uh, you know, it's um, I, I, I invite people down to the set when, when we're able to have you know, do that because if you saw the stress level, you know, what Blanche has to go to, to, to create these unbelievable designs in the time frame she has and how hard she works and the director and the cameraman and how hard these people work. No one's ever, ever done. I think hotel chatter said, you know, who's the idiot that thought they could turn around a hotel in four days. I got to see this. And then the next article was, wow. That idiot is actually doing it. Well, I'm the idiot, and the team's doing it. You know, it's like we're doing it. And, you know, but one of the things I don't want people to, to, to take away from the show, it's, it's some shows, most of them are transformational in the sense of that I gave you the tools. In a hotel, you know better than anyone, you got to carry it. It's not like in a restaurant, this is the menu, this is the design, that's the chef. It's difficult. It's hard to execute every day. But those are the elements. In a hotel, the elements are it's everything. So every day you have to, you know, you got to do everything well. So I'm going to mm -hmm. give you the blueprint for the top four or five things you're doing wrong. But not only do you got to do those 
four or five things right. You got to do everything right. And it's, it's difficult. It's a business that really, you know, a lot of investors get into and within 24 hours, they're out because they're like, I can't do this. Well, this is, you know, I, if anything, you, re- you realize from watching the show, I, I was amazed by a couple of things. Number one, how many, you know, these are all sort of independent or family-run uh, hotels. You always have this sense of hotels being, um, you know, big corporate things. But you're, you're really tapped into, like, the, you know, the hotelier, the, the, the family um, business, and the ones that seem to really turn it around are when you're able to reignite the passion of somebody who is, um, you know, really standing behind everything. You know, I, I, I'm going to tell you an insider that I haven't told anybody. And, I, and there's one hotel person, I won't even call him a hotelier, but one person in the, in the season, and he said something to me as we're leaving, and uh, I told him, I said, sell the hotel. I won't tell you what he said to me, and he said, why? I said, because that is the most asinine thing anyone's ever said to me. Um, you don't care about the hotel. And he, and he looked at me and goes, you, you know what? You're right. And he may sell the hotel. Now that's not good TV, and that, but but I turned around the hotel, and I did my job. But if yeah. it's not in your heart, if it's not in your heart. You know what we do. You know, for 25 years, I made sure there was there wasn't pubic hair on the on, on the floor. I made sure that your drink was cold. I made sure that my staff smiled, and I made sure that if so, if there was a grenade in the middle of the room, I jumped on it in, in, in my you know. Uh, before the guests saw it, or even before the employees saw it, that's my job. And if you don't like doing that, you know, you know, you know, when you send the, uh, our men and women into to a war zone, and people say, you know, I feel so bad for them, I'm like, you know what? I feel horrible for them. They should have all the resources they need, but I don't feel bad for them because, you know, I feel bad that for their families because that's what they want to do. They're passionate about. It. They want to serve this country. I was in the air force for five years. You know, I'm not as brave as a lot of these people. But I had a passion for wanting to serve my country. I have a passion for wanting to do this job. And now I have a passion for the show because a lot of hospitality kids are calling me up. I, I gave a hospitality kid the other day. He, uh, sent, he sent me an email and he said, I don't know if this is going to get to you, but uh, I'm doing a paper on Anthony Melchiori. And, you know, I have these two questions for him. If you can get them to him and uh, have him call me or, or have him email me back or if you can email me back with the answers, I'd appreciate it. So I emailed him back and said, this is my cell number. Call me. So he calls me up and the guy's having, he's freaking out. He's like, I can't believe you're calling. And I'm like, why? He goes, you like, call me in five minutes. Like, you're letting me call you in five minutes. I was like, I've never had anybody want to do a paper on me before. So I'm just as, I'm just as an honor as you are as me. And I'm like, why would you want to do a paper on me? You know? And so, so to me, I'm passionate about the hospitality, a guy that wants to go into the hospitality business. I'm passionate about that, and I want. I'm passionate about what. What is it about me that you think that you want to write about? So if you don't, if you don't want to do this, and it doesn't come out of your body, you know, naturally, you know, you know, people say, you know, I market. You know, I love marketing. I, I love that name. I love marketing. Well, you, well, what, what, what's the, what's the key word? And I love marketing. Love. Yeah, love. That's your. You're absolutely right, and that. I, I think, you know, as an observer, that's the thing that immediately comes across with you is that you are absolutely passionate about it. And you mean you show you show up at a at a hotel and every single episode, you're more passionate often than the owners about the hotel well, yeah, and the yeah. experience. Because you're well, I think you yeah. <laughs> fascinating. It's it's contagious is what it is. You know, it's compelling um you know, to be around people like that. Well, well, thank you. And, you know, uh, and, and, <laughs> and the reason that the passion comes off and, and I'm able to do it is because I really do have an amazing director, amazing team. We have a great designer. I mean, I get a lot of the credit. I really do. Like, I, you know, even when I run hotels, I get all the credit. It's, you know, I mean, of course, I'm a part of it because, you know, I'm the guy sitting in the hot seat. But, but I'm just a small part of it. I mean, it's really the team. You know, at the, at the end of the, at the end of the shoot, because it was our last show, the 13 shows, the director spent his own money, his own time. He got, he was, he surprised me with this. He got bald, he got bald caps for the entire crew. 
got my glasses, like, you know, glasses that look like mine, and everybody wore a suit and tie. It's 11 o'clock at night. We're exhausted. We just finished the shoot. We've been raining on for four days. And they surprised me in the middle of the lobby with, you know, 20 Anthony's. Everybody was in bald hats. And they, and they all made fun of me because they, all, they, they were all mocking what I was doing. And one of the things that came through, and I was laughing. I have it on video. I was laughing so loud. And one of the things they kept on that the director did was, I'd be in a, I'd start a scene and he'd want me to do something. I'd go, and I say, and I say this with love. I say, Hey, director boy, I'm not doing that. And he's like, why? I was like, cause that doesn't make sense for the hotel business. He's yeah, but you know, it, it kind of that works. I was like, director boy, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. Right. You know what? I ain't doing it. And I walked out and he's, and, and he did that. And he's like, and we were all laughing because everybody knows I'm never going to do anything for a show. I'm never going to do anything for the show that is not that a hotel year will say is bullshit. Right. I got to, you know, so and it's funny. I, I just took, I took a really, you know, I love that they did that because it showed that they have a sense of humor. I have a sense of humor, but it also showed the most important element that, you know, I'm not doing anything just for, because it's easier or just because, you know, we, we painted the outside of a building in Florida in, you know, when it could rain any minute and everybody said, well, we can't do that because of the rain and, and we might not get it done. I was like, it's hotel impossible. The number one problem with this hotel is when I pull up, it looks like, a, it looks like a brothel or a bodega. And I don't care what I do on the outside. If I don't paint this hotel, it's a one-star hotel. And it always will be a one-star hotel. And they said, but it may not get done. I said, then we'll film it. We'll film it, not getting it done. That's it's, it's, it's called reality. Oh, that's a reality show. I put the reality back in reality TV. I can't wait to see that episode now. That's great. So, so that, uh, that's awesome. It's been, uh, yeah, there's so many lessons. I'm going to recommend, I mean, I recommend for everybody to, uh, you know, go to iTunes.com and you can download all the, uh, all the episodes. There's, there's lessons in every single episode and everything is transferable no matter what kind of business people are in. That's, that's really what's been, uh, you know, it, it, it comes down, it comes down to, 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 this is, you know, it's A plus or F, which I love. But it, it, but, but I've said this and, you know, and it's true. You either give a shit or you don't give a shit. Right on. That's it. Yeah. That's it. You know, if you don't, that's okay. You know, I always say, you know, don't get aggravated at the employee. You know, you know, look, if the employee's not working and it's not, it's just not a right fit. Don't get mad. Don't yell. Don't scream at people. And one of the things you'll see on my show, you'll never see me yell at an employee. It's not because I don't yell at people on TV. It's because I don't yell at people, period, unless you're an owner. An owner, I'll rip your face off because you're here to hire me to turn around your hotel. Now, you're not, I have no problem going toe-to-toe with you in real life or on TV. No problem. But an employee, I, I really would like any employee to come out and say I've yelled at them. I've been intense. It may have seemed I, I, I got, you know, maybe I yelled, but I've never yelled. Because there's no reason to yell. If the employee's not working and you give them three or four or five chances, promote them to customer. So once they're a customer, they can come back as many times as they want, but they just can't work there. <laughs> promote them to customer. <laughs> oh, that's funny. You know what? Those, that I've, the way that you interact with the housekeeping staff and with the engineering staff and it's always you know you, you're it's always with love the way that you're uh that you're approaching them you know why because the owner sometimes is is well housekeeping doesn't do your job have you cleaned 14 rooms in a day mm-hmm. have you have you gone home at four o'clock in the afternoon and had to cook for your kids and clean the house and do everything you do and make nine dollars an hour and still be at the poverty level have you ever felt what that feels like? You know, I've, I've, I, when I was a kid, I was on food stamps. I know what that feels like. Okay. Have you, so, so if you don't know what that feels like, you're not going to have empathy with, 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 with these, with these people. You know what it feels like to clean 14 rooms? If you don't, then shut up. Right. You know, go clean the damn room. You know, if you clean the room and you clean 14 rooms and you've done it for five days in a row as an owner, if an owner comes up to me and says, Anthony, I worked in the housekeeping for a week and, and I cleaned 14 rooms, then you know what? I'm not going to question you when you get in the housekeeper's 
my face. I'm not. Mm-hmm. Because you then, then, even in just five days, you get it. You know what they go through. It pisses me off to no end that when an investor who now is a hotel owner says housekeeping is not doing a good job, but they don't have toilet paper, they don't understand the concept of three parts. Okay, I need three parts of linen. Why? Because one's got to be on the bed, one's got to be in the laundry, and one's got to be on the shelf getting ready to get on the bed. And if you don't have it, you can't function. Really? Yeah. And if you worked in freaking housekeeping for five minutes, you would know that. So I really have no, you know, when you, when you, before you're a pilot, you got to learn in the simulator how to fly a plane. They don't just mm-hmm. give you a plane after taking you, you know, after you sign your name and saying, okay, you passed the test. Here you go. Go fly the plane. You know, I truly believe that every hotelier should have to work in every single department before they're allowed to own a hotel. Yeah. And that, that's fascinating because then they get the real experience, right? Well, think, yeah, absolutely. Think of it this way. You go into a restaurant in New York City, there's a, there's an A, B, or C in the window. A means great, B means not so great, C means you suck. Mm-hmm. Okay? You go into a hotel. I don't know if they took a rag from the toilet bowl and put it in a glass and cleaned the glass with it. Now I'm going to put my mouth where somebody put their ass. I don't know. Right? There's no, there's no system. There's no, there's no letter system. Why don't we have a letter system in the hotel business? A, B, or C. Why? You know, why don't we have a letter system for owners? You know, you're potentially giving keys to employees that ha- don't have background checks that potentially can open the door in the middle of the night and kill me. Why? Why don't I have a rating on that hotel? Why? I want to know why. That's interesting. I mean, that's a, yeah. <laughs> this isn't a joke, you know, what we do. No, I didn't What we do is I mean, serious. But no, no, I don't, no, no, no I don't, I'm not saying, that, I'm not saying to you, but I'm saying, no, no. You know, I did. I did a, I did a, um, I did a, uh, show that's coming up. It's the Montana show. I want you to send me an email after the Montana show. And I want you to have me on after the Montana show. I'm going to tell you a story that's going to blow your brains out. Okay. Okay. But I'm not going to tell you until after the show. <laughs> and why, and why, why? And, 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 and the story is about, a policy that I didn't implement, and because I didn't implement it, like I tell you, I'll tell you the story after after the show ends. Okay, perfect. <laughs> that's a that's what you call a a cliffhanger. <laughs> Keep us coming back, so that way now we have to. Uh, that means you have to come back so we can close the loop on that. Yeah, the only way you're going to get the the, the loop closed is for the time the. To, I have to tell you the story because you won't see it. Perfect. I love it. But it, 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 it'll literally blow your brains out when you when you when, when I when I tell you one little policy or one little thing I didn't do, how it could have wound up being tr- literally tragic. Our hotel, our the business, we have the safety. You know, you saw the look of people in our hands. You saw the La Jolla episode where I, I opened up the um, yeah. the chute. You know, I opened up the chute. And a little kid could fall down there. When I was at the Algonquin, we had we had uh, linen chutes all over the property. And I remember I got my entire executive team and my entire security team to this one laundry chute, and I lost my mind. You know, I didn't yell, but I just lost my mind saying why that's unacceptable. And they were like, well, you know, the lock's break. And I said, today, before anybody goes home, every single laundry chute in this building will be secure or no one's going home. Because it's only going to take a second for a kid to be screwing around and fall in that laundry chute and and potentially die. I said, so no one goes home until they're fixed. Period. End of story. We have the resources. We have the manpower. Fix the damn laundry chutes. There's 25 acres and 15 buildings. It's a lot of laundry chutes. If you don't fix them, you ain't going home. And if you do go home, you ain't coming back. Wow. And they got you know, it's safe, safeties. You know, it's 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 serious. So again, I know the shows. I love marketing. I know it's all about marketing. Marketing comes down to everything. It's not That's about putting exactly a billboard. Right. It's not about putting a billboard in Times Square. It's not about saying Junior's restaurant is in the middle of Times Square. It's about junior anticipating, juniors anticipating your needs, giving you that newspaper. That newspaper, that one little thing, that person giving you a newspaper made you 
tell me that story. Now I'm going to tell everybody that story. I, because that person didn't say thank you when they gave me my peanuts last night, just told as many people as listening that that disappointed me last night. And right. to the point where I'm actually using your name because I typically don't do that. I've made it almost a code where if I have a bad, a bad experience, I have to, to, to talk about it. Yeah, you just give them a break. I, yeah, you do. I understand. Yeah. But if it's something that, that blatant and that kind of, uh, yeah, right. It's you know, it's kind of, it's, it, I've seen it coming with JetBlue that their service is getting worse and worse. And then last night it was just, it, I was just, I, I, I almost said something and I don't, I'm not that person. I really am not. When I'm going about my life, I don't, I, I try just to just, you know, stay under the radar, do my job and, and go from point A to point B. But I almost said, dude, I did not pee in your Cheerios last night. Why are you being mean? <laughs> oh, that's so funny. You know what? I was just thinking that that server at, at Junior's, if they hadn't have given me that newspaper that morning, I wouldn't have read about Anthony and I wouldn't have reached out right away to you before the show even aired and we might not even be here. See, your passion changes everything. It really does. Absolutely. Well, Anthony, I really appreciate your time. You've been very generous and, and everything that you've shared is just phenomenal. I really appreciate it. I think our listeners are going to listen to this episode again and again. It's going to be one of their favorites. I can tell already. Well, thank you. It's my pleasure. And actually, the timing's perfect because I'm about uh, two minutes from getting out of the car. So I'm glad um, we had this opportunity. And I'm glad I was in a situation where um, I can give you complete attention because, you know, I love what you're doing. I appreciate it. I appreciate you reaching out to me. Uh, you know, reach out to me in the future. And like I said, after the um, Billing Montana uh, uh, episode, call me and I'll tell you an inside story. Yeah, we have to hear all about that. I really appreciate it. Well, you have a great day, Anthony. My pleasure. Thanks.